Hello and welcome back to our Bible study. Our lesson this week is still looking at the study of Job and we're on chapter 38 and we'll also be looking at verse number 40 uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, this is a week 11 so we've been in uh, the book of Job almost for three months now and I, I hope you're enjoying this study and that you're benefiting from it and uh, this week we're, we're looking at the title Hearing God in the Storm. So uh, we know that Job's life was very topsy-turvy. A lot of stuff had happened in his life with the death of his seven sons, his three daughters, uh, losing much of his uh, financial uh, footing, uh, having some of his uh, his servants or his employees, his workers, his friends uh, 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 killed as well. So a lot of tragedy came his way. Um, and so this week we're going to be looking at uh, God entering into the conversation and responding to some of the, con the, the, the talk that's been going on between Job and his four friends. Uh, the main idea of the lesson this week uh, states this, that sometimes God will bring storms into our lives so we will listen more intently. So sometimes we have to listen closer than others. And when the storms of life are taking place and there's trouble abounding in your life, uh, you may have to really intently listen to what God's trying to say to you. Uh, so hearing God in the storm, uh, a great title to the lesson for us this morning, uh, today. So let's go ahead and look at Job 38, uh, uh, verse 1 through 7. Uh, here's what we read here in this passage. And I'll read a little bit and stop and make comments as we go along. In verse 1, we read, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Now, when I read that and thinking about the Lord speaking out of the storm, it means that he must be in the storm to do that. So, which is a very comforting thing for us. If we're going through a tough time, we ought to remember that God is with us in that tough time. Uh, and uh, while they're in that place, in that situation, God can and will uh, speak to us. He's got something to say. So the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and God said this. He says, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? So God's been sitting back, sort of, and listening to Job's four friends, uh, maybe even listening to Job's wife when she had something to say as well, and then listening to Job as he would uh, try to rebut his friends. Uh, and, and hearing all that, God finally decides to speak. And so he asks a very pointed question. Who is this? Now, when you read that, who is this? It's almost like God uh, calling into a, a question or account who the speakers are, and especially Job. Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Or who would dare speak for me? So God's doing something here. He is he's speaking about authority, and he's, he's also speaking about, about control. And that word obscure there is an interesting word that is used. If you were to look it up in the dictionary, you would find a definition such as this. To keep from being seen or to conceal something. Similar words uh, to that word obscure or words like this. To hide, to conceal, to cover, to veil, to shroud, to screen. To cast a shadow over, 
uh, to obliterate, to block or to block out. So God was saying, who is willing through their words um, to obscure or block out of what I'm doing, of what I'm up to, my plan. So that's very interesting language that we find there that God's saying. Who is this that's trying to speak on my behalf without knowledge or to advise someone without really knowing the whole story? Who is this? Verse number three, he says to brace yourself like a man. So he's giving a warning there, kind of a shot across the bow of those who've been speaking. And he's letting them know that I'm about to say something that you need to listen to, that you need to hear. So God's throwing out this challenge. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. Now, when God says, I will question you, that's speaking from the standpoint of authority. So God is setting himself up as being the one who with the authority to speak. Uh, we said a few weeks ago that God never lays aside his sovereignty, and he doesn't. It doesn't matter what you've got going on in your life or what you think you know or what kind of wisdom you think you might possess. At no point in time does God lay aside his sovereignty. Or if our spiritual enemy, Satan, comes against us, we can always rest in, in, in the fact that God does not lay aside his sovereignty or his authority in the face of our spiritual enemy. So God says, I'm going to question you, and you shall answer me. So if God says, I'm going to question you from the standpoint of authority or sovereignty, then saying you shall answer me is putting man uh, in the position of being the subjected one or the subject who must answer to authority. And so God is telling uh, those who've been speaking so far in the book of Job that the real authority is now speaking. And so those of you who are listening are subject to my authority. Verse four, we read this. Uh, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? So God's putting out there something that's very important. He's, he's uh, showing just how big of a shadow he cast over the affairs of people. There's no comparing ourselves to God. He is certainly bigger than us. He is bigger than our problems, bigger than our storms. He's much bigger than all those things in our lives. So uh, uh, where were you when I laid the foundation, the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. That's an important language there that God's using. So uh, he, I'm making a statement to you, he says. Now you tell me uh, if you understand what I'm putting out there, if you understand who marked off the dimensions. Surely you know, he says. Now, for God to use that kind of language here, surely you know the answer to what I'm saying. It's, it's almost like God's taking on a little bit of a sarcastic tone in dealing with uh, these speakers here in the book of Job. Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstones? Um, so God, in putting this out, is, is showing the vastness of himself as the great creator, as the one who not only creates, but also sustains what he has created. Uh, verse 7, he says, While the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. 
So while God was doing his creative work, he, he is saying that the stars and the angels came together to shout and to praise God. What he was doing caught the attention of heaven. Uh, and so by contrast, here's man on one side uh, uh, trying to purport that he has, he has knowledge and understanding of God and God's ways, but then God steps in and says, you missed the point completely. And here's the things I've done in setting up creation. And when I did that, all of heaven took note. Uh, th that's a, a, a good thing for us to think about because there are three points for us to think in regard to some of what we're going to be reading in this passage today. One is God was asking some questions. The first question is this. Can you explain my creation? Can you explain where all this came from? Can you explain what I did when I marked out the foundations of the earth and all the heavens? Can you do that? Can you explain my creation? The second question is this. If you think you can explain or not explain my creation, can you oversee my creation? Can you, can you oversee uh, what I've done? Can you maintain what I've done? The third question is, can you subdue my creation? So if you can't create it, if you can't understand or explain my creation, if you can't oversee my creation, it's a fair assumption you cannot subdue creation as well. So when we start to think that we know what's going on, that we can define and box God in and explain God, uh, we're sadly mistaken. We can't. God is bigger than our explanations and our understanding. He is, in essence, he is God. Uh, he's the great I am. He is, as we would read in the New Testament, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, he is all of that. Well, if we go down to Job chapter 40, verse 1 through 5, here's what we find recorded there. Uh, the Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Will the one who wants to uh, contend with God speak up? What do you have to say? Now here, uh, he's already uh, shown the vast difference between himself and what he's created, how much uh, loftier and more supreme he is than what he's created or who he has created. So then God says, you see the comparison between yourself and me, then let him who contends with me speak up. Well, so far in the book of Job, there have been plenty of people wanting to talk. Well, then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once. Job confesses, I did have something to say. I spoke but once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. So Job is here laying hold of his uh, humanity and his humility before God. And he's saying that, that I get the point, God. There's no comparing ourselves to you. I can't compare myself to you. I know what you've done, how lofty and wonderful and creative you have been. And I know that I don't understand what you've done. I don't understand your creation. I can't subdue it or explain it. Uh, it's, it's higher than I am. I can't explain the whole idea and concept of God. You might feel that way too. There might be some times you're going through a tough place and you want to challenge 
God. You want to challenge this idea. You've got questions of God because of, of what you're going through. And certainly God wants to listen to our complaints. He wants to hear our petitions and prayer. No, all that's true. But we need to make sure that when we approach God, we're not doing it from the standpoint of pride because there is no comparing ourselves and our flawed humanity and our fallen state with God who is perfect and just and righteous altogether. There's no comparison. And so when you don't have the answers, it's okay to say, I don't understand. I don't have answers. I can't explain God. Maybe there's someone else in your life or where you work or in your community, your neighborhood, who's going through a tough time and, and they're posing questions to you and you just don't know what to say. In those times, it's okay to say to your friend, your coworker, your relative, I don't have an answer. I can't explain what you're going through. I don't know. Uh, but you do that with great compassion. You let them know that whatever it is they're going through, that you still have faith, you're still praying for them, you still know that God's in control and God's got something to say. If we're just patient enough and humble enough and we'll hear what the Lord has to say. That's true for our friends, our coworkers. It's also true for us. Maybe right now in your own life, there's trouble abounding. Uh, maybe there's been sickness. Maybe there's been death. Maybe there's financial unrest in your household. Uh, maybe people that you, you love, your children, your grandchildren, they've strayed from the faith, and you just don't know where to turn or what to do. Well, you don't lose hope. You keep on hoping and believing in God, knowing that you may not have the answers. And it's okay, because in the middle of what you're going through, God still has something to say. So does God speak in or out of the storm? Absolutely he does. But remember this, God is not daunted or shaken by the storms that might daunt and shake you in your own life. God's not challenged by the things that look like they're out of control, because God is always in control, and as we said earlier, He's always sovereign, and he's always the one who has authority. So I hope that wherever you're at in your own life, in your spiritual growth and development, that you're trusting in God, that he is your great hope. He's the one you cast your faith on. Uh, don't, have, don't cast your faith on other people, uh, no matter how good and noble they may, they may, may seem. They may be good and godly people, but don't, don't hook your faith in people. Make sure you're locked tight with God when it comes to having faith and your faith is in him and you're trusting in him. People can always fail you, but God will never fail you uh, if you will hear what he has to say. Now, it might be that the storms are very loud and roaring mightily in your hearing, and so you've got to listen intently as we said earlier. Do so. Find a way to find stillness in your life. Maybe it's a quiet place at home. Um, find a, a place where you can be still and let God speak to you. And when that's going on, it's not so much you constantly talking to God, but it's you sitting still letting God talk to you in the middle of the complexities and the troubles of life. Let us pray. Our Father, we're very grateful for your word, the way you have brought Job. You've been his redeemer. You are just as much our redeemer and our sustainer today, the great author and finisher of our faith. For those who are troubled today, we lift them up to you and ask that you would help them and encourage them in their walk with you.
In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that uh, you're having a great week and that uh, you're finding uh, great hope and expectation and excitement, really, in serving God, knowing he's in control even when we're out of control. God bless you. If you need anything, don't hesitate uh, to reach out and let us know. Uh, our pastoral staff and our deacons are certainly here to help you and to be a resource for you in your life. Whether things are going good and you need somebody to share good news with or when things are going bad and you need someone to help console and hear, hear you out in the middle of your difficult times. God bless you and keep you is our prayer. Take care.